the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Um, many happy returns. Um, I'm not going to take too long, but so I'll start with a, a, a message of St. John Chrysostom at the end of his famous Paschal homily. He says, O death, where is your sting? O hell, where is your victory? Christ is risen, and you are overthrown. Christ is risen, and the demons are fallen. Christ is risen, and the angels rejoice. Christ is risen, and life reigns. Christ is risen, and not one dead remains in the grave. And when I read this, my heart is filled with joy. And that's what the resurrection is all about, experiencing the joy of the resurrection in our lives, the transformative power of it, turning all sadness, turning all worries and care into joy in our lives. And I want to look very briefly at five situations or five characters that experience the joy of the resurrection and see how they experienced it so that we may also not just celebrate an event, but also experience this very joy of the resurrection. The first one I want to look at is St. Peter. And in St. Peter, we, his encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, we see the Lord as being the restorer of joy to even the sinful person. St. Peter denied the Lord Jesus Christ not only once, but three times. And the, the one thing about St. Peter that was good is he remained hopeful. Judas also betrayed our Lord Jesus Christ, but Judas lost all hope. And so when St. Peter looks in the eyes of our Lord Jesus Christ and sees him, he weeps. He weeps, but it's a cry of hope. It's a cry of repentance. It's a cry of return. And when the Lord appears to the disciples at the end of the Gospel of St. John by the sea, and he speaks to St. Peter and he asks him, Peter, do you love me? He asks him this question three times, as if to say to him, all three times, I forgive you for the three denials. And not only that, but he says to him, go feed my sheep, take care of my lamb. And I can picture St. Peter in his mind. If I were in his place, I would be asking myself, Lord, after all this, after the betrayals, after me denying you like this, you still want me to, to be entrusted with your lamb, with your sheep, with your flock? And the Lord would say, yes, this is why I came to transform to remove the despair that could ever be in your heart. And we too, when we sin, sometimes we have those same feelings. I feel like I can't pray. I can't get up and read my, my Bible. Maybe I don't even feel like going to church because of sin. I feel like there's a veil, there's a barrier. And the Lord today comes and says, I remove all this. I remove it all through the trampling down of death and destroying this power of death over us. And so when we look at St. Peter, we see someone who remained hopeful despite his sin. And this is what the Lord wants us to do. And so if we imitate St. Peter by weeping, when we see the face of Christ in prayer, when we stand before him in prayer, and we weep like St. Peter did, then we too can be touched and experience the very joy of the resurrection that Peter experienced. The second person I want to look at is the thief. This man, he's crucified. He committed all these crimes. He's condemned to death. And you can picture, if you imagine this thief, he's condemned to death and they're about to crucify him. And he knows this is his end. This is it. I'm going to be put on this cross. I'm going to be put there. People are going to mock me. And then I'm going to die. And that's all that can go through his mind. There is no hope. And then he is crucified. And he knows that's the end. All hope is lost. And so in this thief and his encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, 
we see the Lord Jesus as the restorer of joy to even the lost. And this thief hands, hangs on the cross with all hope lost. And while people are mocking the one next to him, that savior next to him, that king next to him, while people are, uh, you know, ridiculing him, uh, abusing him, in this unexpected moment, this thief cries out because he found hope. He saw something different in him. He found hope and he calls out, remember me, O Lord, when you come into your kingdom. And this thief hears the words that, of course, we all wish to hear. And we can again imagine his feelings when he heard the Lord respond to him, today you will be with me in paradise. We can imagine the joy he had in his heart. Maybe even the, the tears, the tears of joy that he could have shed. Something that we'd all wish to hear. Today you will be with me in paradise. And in an instant he heard this because he had this hope on the cross. He encountered the Lord. We too, sometimes we lose ourselves. We find that we lose hope in ourselves. We feel like things are lost. Our situation is lost. Or maybe there's a loved one, uh, a son, a daughter, a friend, a sibling, a father, a mother, a, a wife, a, a husband, that we feel is lost. And we say to ourselves, how, how are they going to return? And we need to look at this thief who in an instant won paradise. We need to keep calling and have hope in the Lord, just like he had hope in, an, in, in that last moment of life. And so we hang on to the Lord. Uh, and Christ fills the heart of those who hope in him, even when all seems lost, with the joy of the resurrection. The third group or the third people I want to examine very quickly are the women that went to the tomb early on Sunday morning. They're going to the tomb, and if you pay attention to the gospel, they're going to the tomb and they say, who will roll away the stone? And they're, they're going there and they've prepared the spices, they've prepared what they're gonna anoint the body of our Lord Jesus Christ with, and yet they're asking themselves, who's going to roll this big stone? It's impossible to roll away. Not only that, but they're going early in the morning in the midst of danger. There are soldiers there and they can be killed. They know they can be killed. And yet they're still going. Despite the danger, despite the fact that they couldn't understand or know how they will benefit from their going out to the tomb, they went. Because to them, wherever Jesus was, they wanted to be. They had great devotion. This great devotion led them to do what seems, you know, silly. Why would they go when they know they can't roll away the stone? And that stone that, that we're talking about is a stone that we also have over our hearts. That stone can be the passions, the sins, the difficulties that we have, the envy, the lust, the laziness, the anger, the lack of forgiveness, all these different things that are blocking us from truly experiencing the joy of the resurrection. And we feel, who will roll away? Who will take these sins away from me? What they did is what we need to do. Despite sometimes we feel like, okay, it makes no difference if I do a prostration. It makes no difference if I pray in the morning. It makes no difference if I go to Vespers. It makes no, and we, we tell ourselves these things. Sure, these people said, they could have said, these women could have said, it makes no difference if we go. The stone is there. We can't roll it away. But no, they still went. And the Lord used that. We too need to offer. The spices that they offered represent the good works that we do. When we offer 
despite not knowing what that good work will do in our life, sometimes we don't know what it will do. No, we still have to offer. I still pray. I still fast. I still do the prostrations. I still read the Bible, despite not knowing how it will impact me. And then the Lord uses that. For the Lord, in, in, in the third point here, he's the restorer of joy to even those who do the good works without really knowing how it will impact them. And so he did that with the women and he can do this with us. Number four, we can picture those that were in Hades. He descends to Hades to deliver those who were captive there. We can picture Adam and Eve. They ate from the fruit and were condemned to death. And they've been in, 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 in Hades all these years in captivity. And then we can picture, for example, Moses, who led the people of Israel out of captivity in Egypt, and yet he's held captive in Hades. We can picture David, who prophesied about the incarnation and his death and his descent into Hades and his resurrection. He prophesied about all, all this, and he's in Hades waiting for the fulfillment of these prophecies for years and years waiting. We can think of Isaiah, who spoke about death being swallowed up and prophesied about it. And again, he's waiting in Hades, in hope, waiting for this prophecy to be fulfilled. All of them waiting expectantly in hope, despite their captivity waiting. And then we can imagine the Lord entering Hades and taking them out. The joy that they experienced. And so he is the restorer of joy of even those who are held captive. For us, this captivity can be captivity to sin. Sometimes we have habits that we feel we can't stop. Sin that has a grip over us, this captivity. And he is able to destroy this if we keep hope in him, if we keep struggling despite the fact that we don't know when this will end. And so they waited patiently on the Lord. And so the Lord fills the heart of those who are patiently waiting on him with joy of the resurrection, despite the fact that they are held captive. And then finally, number five, the disciples on the road to Amos, those two disciples are walking and they had lived the past three years following the Lord Jesus Christ and the Lord dies on the cross and they felt like they lost their purpose. They're walking sad. They lost everything. And the Lord appears in their midst and starts talking about scripture. And then he breaks bread with them. And then they say to each other, it was the Lord. Wasn't our hearts burning? They found that the zeal was back. The joy was there. He is the restorer of joy to even those who lost purpose. We too sometimes, we try, we, we follow the Lord. We try everything. We go to church. We do our prayers. We do our readings. We, we do the, the, the spiritual exercises our spiritual father gives us to do. And sometimes we feel like we lose our purpose in the midst of all this. We feel like perhaps, okay, I'm not experiencing what I was experiencing before, kind of like those disciples on the road to Amos. And yet, I need to keep going. I need to push. I need to persevere despite that feeling. And perhaps he will appear to me in scripture like he appeared to them. Perhaps he will appear to me when I'm partaking of the Eucharist like he appeared to them or any other spiritual means that he provides for me. But what's important is not to give up, but to keep persevering. For the Lord fills the heart of those who persevere when they feel this loss of purpose, again, with the joy of the resurrection. And so five things that, that we can think of. He is the restorer of joy to those who cry out to him. He is the restorer of joy to those who keep hope when lost. He is the restorer of joy to those who are devoted even when they don't understand 
what the good works they do will result in. He is the restorer of joy to those who are patient despite their captivity to sin, but they are waiting patiently on the Lord to deliver them. And he is the restorer of joy to those who persevere when they feel their purpose, their spiritual purpose is lost, but they still keep going. They still keep going and they persevere. I'll end with something St. Gregory of the theologian says, he says to us, Christ is risen from the dead, rise with him. Christ has returned to himself, return. Christ is freed from the tomb, be freed from the bonds of sin. Truly, we are called to rise with him. We are calling to return to him. We are called to be freed from the bonds of sin. Let us do all that we can to truly experience the joy of the resurrection during these holy 50 days and for the rest of our lives. And to our God be the glory now and ever and unto the ages of the ages. Amen.